My friends in Christ, visions are front and center on this second Sunday of Lent. Amazing visions, life-changing visions. There was Abraham's vision when God called out to him and made this incredible promise to him that he would be the father of a great nation. Humanly speaking, the elderly Abraham should never have believed God, but he did, and nothing was the same. And then there was the vision given to the apostles, Peter, James, and John on the mountaintop, a dazzling vision of the transfigured Jesus, a vision both glorious and frightening that left the three of them all but speechless, but later gave them words to tell the greatest story ever told. Visions. We yearn for them, yet we hold them suspect. They can blind us, but they can also light our way. And the challenge is always in the discerning. Which visions are from God and which are not? Which are authentic in which, and which are self-induced? I wonder if Abraham had to struggle with such questions. Did Abraham ever find himself saying, did God really speak to me and make all those promises to me? And I wonder if Peter, James, and John struggled as well. Was it all a dream up there on the mountaintop? Or did it really happen? Did we really hear the voice of God? And then, then there's us. Don't we struggle with our visions too? But then we don't have visions, do we? Well, I think it depends on how we define vision. The biblical language that describes Abraham's encounter with God and the apostles' encounter with the transfigured Jesus is language of the extraordinary, the supernatural, if you will, the miraculous. But I think visions need not be so limited, that visions can come in other forms as well. I think visions happen whenever the majesty and glory of God penetrate our human awareness even our human blindness. And that can be any day, even every day. Falling in love can be a kind of vision. So can the birth of a child, a dazzling sunset, a soul-piercing melody, an experience of profound forgiveness. Not long ago, on our pilgrimage to the Holy Land, looking out over the Sea of Galilee was for me a kind of vision. And so was standing atop Mount Tabor, the Mount of the Transfiguration, the serene view from that mountaintop. And of course, standing on the Mount that is Calvary. All visions, if truth be told, visions are around us, all around us, if we have but eyes to see. And then there is still another kind of vision, when God breaks through to us in what seem to be ordinary ways, but are really quite mystical ways. I'm thinking now of the sacramental visions that are the daily fare of us believers. Let me say a word about them. 
There is a vision of glory every time the church gathers to celebrate the Eucharist. God speaks to us in the word proclaimed in the scriptures. And Jesus, whose body and blood we receive in the Eucharist, gives us a glimpse, a vision, if you will, of the heavenly banquet. It's there for the taking, even if we don't always take it. And in each of the sacraments of the church, my friends, there is some kind of vision, a taste of glory. In baptism, although we do not hear the words, God looks on us as he did on his son Jesus at his baptism and proclaims us to be the beloved one. In the sacrament of reconciliation, we get a powerful vision of just how loving, compassionate, and merciful is our God. In the sacrament of the anointing for the sick, we get a glimpse of Jesus who spent so much of his time reaching out to heal the sick and the suffering. In the sacrament of matrimony, the married couple in their loving embrace give each other a vision of the selfless love of Jesus who laid down his life for his friends. In the sacrament of holy orders, the vision is of the servant Christ who wants to live on in the loving ministry of the ordained minister. My friends, visions are all around us. When I look out over you this morning, you become a kind of vision for me. You, this community of faith, gathered around the altar to hear God's word and receive the, the body of Christ and actually become the body of Christ. As I look out at you this morning, and so often, I find myself saying with Peter, Lord, it is good for us to be here. My friends, it is good for us to be here. Good for us to be together on this great journey of Lent. May it open our eyes to all the ways Jesus is revealing himself to us. Jesus, who is with us each step of the journey. Jesus, who lives with us and in us, in us and among us. And may his father's words from heaven, once heard by the apostles on the mountaintop, this is my beloved one in whom my, on whom my favor rests. May those be the words that echo in our minds and encourage us as together we continue on this Lenten journey.